Hi, I'm Georgia Love, and you're listening to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Hello and welcome back to The Bachelor of Hearts, a Bachelor and Australia New Zealand podcast that sets out to answer a bunch of questions. For example, are Sam and Tara the best Bachelor Australia love story ever? Also, was any more, anyone more hard done by this season than Amja? And finally, Alora, why are you doing that, babes? That's no good. <laughs> <laughs> Who hosts the show? Hey, this show, my name is Max Quinn. Uh, with me, my favourite people, Xavier Rebetsky noonan and Kelly Dawn Helmrich. All That's these answers me. to come on the program. Hello, but firstly, uh, a very important item of business. How the hell are you? Uh, I've been worse. We had a few technical problems mm-hmm. trying to put the podcast together this week. Did you? And by that, I'm... Well, you know, like, normally the podcast is a bit too long. Mm. I thought maybe this time the podcast should be non-existent, <laughs> the setup should take too long. We've been at this for like three, four cumulative hours at this point. It has Last been a long time. Last night I fell asleep with the uh, one of the earphone things over my eye so I could lie down while Xavier was fi- fixing the technical <laughs> issue, and then I had a big ring around my eye. <laughs> But it's fine, we're here now. I'm good. Xavier bought me a bagel and a coffee this morning. Oh, credit on the podcast. I know. Wow. What a good boy. Aren't I, though? (laughs) (laughs) What did he bring you, Max? Um, What did he bring me? Just um, a whole lot of questions about how we do stuff on this podcast. Mm. Mm. A lot of concern, furrowed brows, and uh, flop sweat. (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, I've also brought you like roughly 4,000 words of notes about what happened on TV this week, as oh, that's I often true. do. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, not to pat my own back or anything, but, uh, I'm, you know, I've prepared. prepared. It was a big two episodes. It we really was. essentially like a mass exodus on Paradise Island. Everyone's gone. Everyone left. <laughs> Everyone, um, yeah. And we had the last rose ceremony as well. Um, because everything's winding down now. This might be our second last episode. I think it probably will be. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> God. Bye. I mean, if we can't fix these technical difficulties. <laughs> no, you I'm sound not doing fantastic. That again. It sounds lovely. Okay. Oh, thank you, Max. Also, just before we dive into the recaps, I've got two things that I want to follow up on. Firstly, yes, please. Uh, correction from two episodes ago regarding the turkey slap incident from Big Brother. I mm-hmm. firstly incorrectly said that Hot Dogs was the person who did the turkey slap. Not true. Uh, and Don't then I said it. that it was the Logans. Really? Also not true. So Wait, it wasn't Hot Dogs? Or the Logans. What? I know. It hot Dogs had his thing dogs. with Vesna. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh. 
Hot Dog has has his thing with Vesna, but it wasn't like um, it was just like maybe questionable, but it wasn't um, a sexual assault on the television. So right. Jess Greer on Twitter write, writes in and says, "I'm sorry to be that person, but it was not the Logans involved in the turkey slap incident. It was John and Ashley. Um, and John and Ashley. The reason that I've gotten confused is that they were both called Michael." So Michael John and Michael Ashley, not Logan Greg and Logan David. So shout out to Jess Greer. Thank you for that correction. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. And then the other uh, item of business that I have. Whoa. um, A follow-up to our semi-regular segment called uh, Left on Red. Mm. Oh, one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to. I like. I want to start a new segment. I haven't been thinking about it uh, very much at all. It's called uh, "Blocked by Osh Zavi." Hit the theme music. Have you been blocked by Osh? Have you been blocked by Osh? You That's a nightmare being blocked by Osha. Please tell me who got blocked by Osha. Wasn't you? Was it was it? not me. Uh, colleague oh. and friend of the podcast, Joe Lauder, hit me up during the week and she was like, I need you to find out why Osha Gunsberg blocked me. So what? I know. Joe is uh, a legend. She is a reporter for uh, the hack program on Triple J. And <sighs> she was like, Look, I've never tweeted at Osha. I've never tweeted about The Bachelor. I have never tweeted. Andrew G, she's like, any of his mm. search words, I have not tweeted. I can confirm this. Uh, if you go to Twitter's advanced search uh, and you search for a person and their, like, the phrases that they have used, you can see yeah, what yeah. they've been tweeting about. Joe Holy has never Lord. tweeted at Osha. She has never tweeted Bachelor. She has never, you know, anything of the sort. But Osha has hit the Blosher Gunsberg. <laughs> That's a stretch. It really is. Um, we I, found out recently, actually, on his Instagram that he's a huge Jethro Tull fan. So maybe has she ever said anything about <laughs> Jethro Tull? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Let's have a look Well, here. I think you'd have to be thick as a brick to get blocked by Osha. <laughs> Osha, we know you're listening. Could you let us know? Just put in a review why you blocked this person. Yeah. And also, we should probably... Uh, every time we do this segment, we should just be grateful we haven't been blocked by Osh, right? That's true. Because, Max, when you sent that theme song through, I was like, Jesus, what have you done, what Max? What have you done? Joe Lauder has never tweeted about Jethro Tull. Mm. He uh, never replied, if this uh, goes towards our left on red, never replied to my tweet asking for them to stop using plastic straws on the island. Uh. Sometimes they use two at a time. And to think about the fact they're on like a de- deserted island. I almost said deserted. <laughs> <laughs> they were very fragile on their deserted island. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like there's plastic straws whipping everywhere. I don't know. It's mm. not nice. Not in the beautiful islands of Fiji. 
It's not Trash Island. It's not <laughs> Sydney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's an early contender for our episode title. It's not Trash Island. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What are we... I mean... Do we do more stuff up top? Do we talk about the Jake, 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 Jake situation? I can talk about that when we get there. You don't know? Oh my God, Max. (laughs) Most iconic paradise moment. Now we're going to do a Wait, did it come out of the episode? Yeah, we're going to do a Bachelor suspense. You can wait. Yeah, that's right. To the middle of the podcast when we tell you about the Jake, 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 Jake. Jake. Oh, I'm gonna have to put Moment. this together. Okay. Oh wait, I love that. I actually I remember this. This was good editing. <laughs> good. Let's keep. Well, there going. goes the suspense. <laughs> oh, no, I have. I have. I had um, previous guest Eilish Gilligan reached out and said, "Can I request you talk more about why you think they rushed through Paradise with four episodes a week, mm. and also more of Kelly's apple cider vinegar tips, please?" Ah. So I don't know. Do we want to tease that for later? Do we want to talk about it now? Uh, I think we should do it in between the episodes. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, let's begin. We're in a little bit of a rush because we wasted so much bloody time in the settings. I'm going to go to the shops. (laughs) That's right. Um, So we're just going to dive right into Bachelor in Paradise Australia, Season 1, Episode 13. Yeah, baby. How do you get blocked by Osh? (laughs) (laughs) Is this your new, like, thing throughout the whole podcast? Your new tone of voice? Yeah. I can't like tell it. a difference. <laughs> it sounds the same. It sounds the same. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, Jared says he and Kira are, quote, acting like a married couple, and you could almost call us the mum and dad of paradise. Now, we covered this. It is actually already established that Luke and I think Nina were the mum and dad of paradise, Luke respectively. And Lisa? Uh, well, it wasn't like they were a couple. It was just like one of them oh, we okay. said was a dad. One of them. It's was a modern mom. society. You don't have to be a couple to be a mum and dad. That's exactly. True. Yeah, it's right. fine. Um. Anyway, uh, we watched them kiss <laughs> right up top. Uh, and Kier, uh, during. Oh my god! <laughs> the, new, the new mic setup we've got for some reason that sounded fifty times louder than usual. <laughs> I've just been practicing. Okay. Um. Well, Kira tells the camera, "Quote: I'm falling for Jared more and more." And then asks him, do you reckon we should wait till the end before we decide to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Or should we just get it out of the way? And Kira kind of forces the question out of Jared, but then says, "Uh, look, it's a hard decision. Can I think about it for a couple of hours? I think this is quite funny. I think it's It's pretty pretty cute. Like, they're not my two favorite people in paradise, but I think all this stuff is working on me. I liked um, how it kind of coincided with what we were talking about last podcast about that like dynamic in their relationship of uh, Kira kind of bullying Jared a mm. little bit, but in a way that we know that Jared kind of <laughs> likes it. Yeah. yeah, And that was what we saw again in this moment. And it just kind of, I don't know, it proved that right, I guess. Yeah, because I so. she's so cute, you guys, when she throws her little tanties. Oh, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> Uh, but then Kira goes, now we're boyfriend and girlfriend. Let's get a drink. <laughs> and then she goes, Weiss. And then they do this big pan out. Like, like Weiss is gone. And Weiss is gone. And they're like, Weiss? Weiss? I was like, what are they trying to say here? What I happened know. to Weiss? We never get an answer on I mean, this. I know. I had a bit of a panic moment. When Me I too. I was worried. Maybe he, he leaves when everyone else leaves. <laughs> yeah, he's the first one out this episode. Um, there's this dumb bit where Leah is really excited about her. Good, keep going. What? (laughs) This dumb bit. It's a dumb bit. This dumb bit. It plays one, it plays (laughs) two. 
Leah's really excited about her potential with Amjar, who gave her a rose purely out of circumstance at the last ceremony. Um, so we have to watch him break it to her that he actually wanted to give it to Rachel and he just didn't get the chance. And we watch her mood change as she says, I don't want a pity rose. The whole thing's so tedious to me. Um, I think Amjar is being as diplomatic as possible, although I'm not sure. There's this interesting theme that comes up in these two episodes that I wanted to talk a little bit about. Just a bit of like the lexicon, the, uh, you know, someone needs to write a dictionary of bachelor terms because I don't really know what he's talking about when he says, we haven't really progressed all that much. I think the idea of us trying to stay here and progress further would be pointless. I don't know what progress is code for. Get it on. Is it bone town? It might be. It's yeah. fuck Island after all. <laughs> well, yeah. There's a lot of untalked about stuff happening here that's like right beneath the surface, you know. I wonder why they don't talk about sex on Bachelor in Paradise. Did they talk about it in the US version, Xavier? I don't recall. Uh, I feel like there's still some sexual conduct, conduct that isn't talked about, but then also I think they're a little bit more open about it from memory. Okay. It has been a couple of years since I watched it. Does this go back to what we were saying a couple of podcasts ago about Australia being so conservative? Like, are we just not ready at this time slot to be talking about people on Maybe an that's island it. having sex? We've got progress instead of being progressive. Whoa. Oh, I like that. I Thank mean, you. but that's kind of true. Like, if you think about the way that the even the U.S. show is set up, the final three are like given access to a fantasy suite, and that doesn't mm. happen here on this show. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to be a little cleaner, I guess. Mm. Except for our bloody plastic straws. <laughs> we'll get back to that. <laughs> um, but Leah looks around the resort now that she's got a clean slate yet again. Uh, and notices pretty much everybody is coupled up. Um, but she says in in the moment, if an absolute babe comes through the door, hell, game's on. She doesn't say moles, but I think it's implied. <laughs> <laughs> um, Amjar and Rachel have a chat that they have edited to be deliberately boring. <laughs> Um, so I'm not going to bother recapping it. At one point, Rachel's hat gets blown off her head, which is like the most interesting thing that's happened in the episode so far. I guess the idea of this chat is that their relationship might not be as solid as we assumed it to be. Um, but it, it like, it's one of these things where it's just like, mm, neither of them are talking that much. Cricket, cricket. I thought it was Jared talking too much. Doesn't she say that? Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's it. Yeah. yeah she said yeah. that he loves the sound of his own voice. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is like, I mean, they've had other interactions where it hasn't been like that. I think maybe this is one bad conversation, but maybe that just counts for everything in this environment. Anyway, a date card shows up for Thomas, and he decides to offer it to Rachel on the back of surprising her with a rose last night. She says yes, and then in the moment he screams, she said yes! <laughs> and then also cut to him in real time, in the actual, like, he also screams, she said yes, at this point. And he's like, he's got this long, dark hair. He's holding a water bottle. He's like screaming out of nowhere. He looks so much, and his name is Thomas. He looks so much like Tommy Wiseau in the room. It is not funny. Uh, Don't you just feel for Jared in this moment? Sorry, MJ. Yes, very Yeah, much. exactly. He's like looking over being like, oh, I see. This again. Well, you were talking... Um, I, You were talking in the text thread, Max, about winners and losers of Paradise, and I'm sure we're going to get to that uh, later, but I think Jared is a real (laughs) loser of Paradise. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, 
he, I, I like it. Like I, you know, in our book, I feel like he's gone up a thousand points. Like his stock price has gone up a lot, yeah. but mm. like generally speaking, he has not achieved. A great deal. Yeah, I don't mean to say that he's a loser himself. I mean that he lost the game of Fuck Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, He. But maybe the game to him is like getting Australian audiences on side or getting a bunch of new followers or whatever. He doesn't care that much about the the purported goals. There is something about him though that makes me feel like he does care. Yeah, (laughs) I think that he wants love. Yeah, I agree. Like, I can see that from Thomas. I can see maybe that yeah. Thomas doesn't particularly care. I can see that maybe Grant is more, like, into gaining a new audience. But, like, there's something about Jared that I really find genuine. Mm. And yeah. that's why I, I hurt for him. Yeah. There's something about Mary as well. <laughs> <laughs> there's something very endearing about uh, Jared that is, like, we said it on the last podcast. We think that he's there for the right reasons. And mm. you see it in his confessionals, and I think that you see it a little bit later in the episode as well, where he does, uh, or maybe it's the next episode where he does a classic bit of Bachelor in Paradising. Mm. Mm. Well, Jake calls Amja, quote, the creepy kid that no one wants to play with at Aww. kindy. Aww. It's so rude. So and, rude. like, he just yeah. he just takes it on the chin. I He's know. like, ah, oh, well, you know, no one wants to hang out with me. And I was like, jeez, give him a break. <laughs> Anyway, cut to Rachel and Thomas at the Naviti Resort as Thomas says, quote, we're just going to play a few rounds of golf. This is a great way to start a date. And I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell if it's just his accent or if this is like dripping with sarcasm. If I was put on this date, I'd be like, oh, okay, right. This is what I'm worth to you. <laughs> um, but Thomas says it's love golf. And he oh. says it like it's a thing. You can say love in front of anything and it makes it right. <laughs> yeah, like, it's a love it, that podcast. That makes sense. It's a love podcast. Well, I mean, th- that is technically true. That's, uh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Um, but yeah, you know, it's love golf because... <laughs> this of- is a love microphone. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's love golf because the f- little flag has a love heart on it. Love flags. And, <laughs> and he's put the let- someone's put the letters L-O-V-E <laughs> on the court. <laughs> The court. The court. I'm a real sportsman. Yeah, we know sports. Uh huh. <laughs> field, I think, is what it is. Okay. Yeah, the golf field. Oh, I think course. it's a rink. It's a golf course. Oh, it's a rink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, lane. Oval. <laughs> Oval. Yeah. Uh, track. A love track. Love track, baby. Um. He says, quote, nothing compares to a beautiful woman in yoga wear at a golf game. Uh, that sentence has never been said before. I can guarantee that. What about a beautiful that. woman in yoga wear in any other circumstance? I feel like that would be roughly That's similar. Quite true. Standing on some grass. Doing yoga. Sure, yeah. Love yoga. Mm, <laughs> me too. Won't stop. <laughs> Can't stop. Um, Rachel Love says... Yoga is a great title for the podcast. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel says, quote, he's doing his manly wiggle butt... He's very sexy. When you combine that with a golf game, it makes an incredible date. <laughs> I love how pro-golf they are. I would never have expected this. It's so strange. I think this episode is sponsored by Lee Carvalho's putting challenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Meanwhile, deep and very good. <laughs> thank you. You have selected three wood. <laughs> uh, we check in with Elora, who has struck up a good friendship with Eden saying, quote, he's like a really chill girlfriend. 
That is a way I have been described in the past as well. No big deal. But um, she still has her eye on Apollo. Eden tells us in In the Moment that he feels like there's a future between Elora and himself. And he tells Jake he really cares about Elora and he's hanging around on the island to see what will happen with her. Although in In the Moment, Jake says, quote, I feel like it's just a really plutonic friendship. Oh, boy. I like, did I throw something at the screen at this point? You got so mad. That's one of my real pet peeves just generally in life. And I don't think it's come up on Bachelor before when somebody says plutonic. <laughs> I don't know why. I shouldn't be that upset about it. People mispronounce things all the time. It's not a big deal. But for some reason, that bugs me. Well, I think it's also because it was Jake, right? Yeah. True. I do have a bit of a bias against him. Um, I feel like if anyone, like if uh, Apollo had said that or MJ would be like, oh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> so cute. Especially if it's Amjar. I'm like, they do things differently over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is, I, I want to give the show, I didn't even think of this before, but I want to give, give the show a, a tiny sliver of credit for having what is essentially a quote unquote friend zone narrative without actually saying the word friend zone, yes, I think. that's do true. Do they not say it? I don't think it came up. I, I don't think like so either. Really? I feel like I would have written it down if it came up and I don't remember it. So uh, I feel like Aiden said it on his and Alora's date. Maybe you're right. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, anyway, speaking of dates, back on Rachel and Thomas's date, the golf part's over. They're eating finger sandwiches and drinking iced tea. And this this is where the two straws happen. The two plastic straws <laughs> each. Which <laughs> Kelly and I for noting that. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it needed to be said. This is very wasteful. And particularly in this type of environment. Uh, there's water everywhere. These fish are going to choke. Let's think about our actions, for heaven's sake. The sea turtles that may or may not exist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever they are. <laughs> Or the curly, what are the, the curly <laughs> ones or something? <laughs> um, Rachel asks why Thomas gave her the rose, and he says, quote, there's definitely an attraction, physically and mentally. Even though I don't think they've really talked that much, but um, Thomas what, like, says... I think that he's trying to say, like, I am attracted to you. Also, I think I am attracted to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, well, I can tell that you're hot, and I'm hoping to find out that we also get along. Also, I, guess I that's think not... you're hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tom... Maybe it's like, I think you're hot, and also you think I'm hot. Ooh. Oh, that's good. I like that. Mm. Um, Thomas says he's been single for three years, and she's been single even longer. I thought this was really interesting because neither of them count their time on previous seasons of The Bachelor or Bachelorette as well, I mean, a relationship. Because, like, it's not. It's not. But they're, like, the whole reason they're here is because of that, right? You yeah. would think they'd want to at least pay a bit of lip service or well, whatever. Jared definitely counts it. We know that. Not Amjar, but Australian Jared is definitely, like, you could spend two seconds with Jared and then be like, oh, yeah. hey, buddy, I'm going to the shops. And he'd be like, my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> but yeah, I think there are like th this sort of does divide the contestants. Like, there's two types of people. Do you think it's about how far you get in the series? Like, how far did Rachel and Thomas get in their season of The Bachelor? Where I guess Jared came second. Yeah, that's true. Rachel and Rachel and Thomas. Four. Thomas yeah. was like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like top three would be maybe like you're developing like real substantial feelings for this person. Mm. I don't know. That's just my. F guess it mm. is an interesting thing though because even if you win like you know you you are dating for a while but then the, like, there's a 
three month period where you have to like go into hibernation yeah. and not see each other because cameras will find out and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, the definition of what a relationship is in the world of The Bachelor is quite interesting, but we don't really know. None of us have been on the show. That's very Yet. true. I haven't. Yet. <laughs> Kelly's got big plans though. <laughs> <laughs> They probably won't let me on now that I do this. What a sacrifice I've made wow, for you. Wow, thank you so, so much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, in my opinion, there's no chemistry between Rachel and Thomas, really. Maybe our listeners will disagree, but I found their chat very boring. Um, but they do share a kiss. <laughs> thank you. Um, Rachel says, quote, it was nice. It was really nice. Yeah, it was like the notebook. <laughs> Which is so strange, because, like, I, have you seen Notebook? I haven't seen Notebook. Me and Max talked about this. Like, You've never seen The Notebook? I know. This is Still a big thing in, like, one you of our early episodes. It. You I know would I love would. it. You would both, you, this is your homework, okay? While I'm in New Zealand, mm-hmm. watch The Notebook and tell me everything that you feel. Seriously, like, oh, my God. But was this, like, The Notebook? No. No, of course It was not. nothing like The Notebook. She's like, this is really <laughs> nice. It's like The Notebook. Maybe she just means The Notebook was nice. <laughs> It's really nice, like a banana or, (laughs) you know, things she enjoys. Does she like bananas? I don't know. Everyone likes bananas, Mm, right? Not me. Really? Yeah, I don't like it. It's got a weird nana thing. (laughs) It's not a weird nana nana thing. It it is telling me, nah, (laughs) don't eat me. Nah. Oh. (laughs) I'm yucky. Nah, talk more about your weird nana thing on the podcast. Okay. I just don't think they taste good or smell or texture good. Texture. I ha- yeah, I have a texture thing and I feel like I'm the only person in the world that hates this thing, but I cannot stand watermelon. Interesting. Oh. I kind of like the texture of watermelon. Oh, it's like chalk. Just it's got a, a chalkiness. Chalk. What but about I- you, Max? Do you have anything strange? Do I have anything that strange like? that I like? Oh, um, if you were to like um, get a regular tissue... And then wet it. I would run away from you. <laughs> ah, really? Like a uh, a wet tissue is like that's like with boogers or just anything. Just anything. I just like the texture of that gives me hives. Wow. Oh, yeah. We're learning a lot today. I know that's my weird thing. Mm. I've got like with the watermelon thing. Like I just don't have. I there's not like any sort of red, naturally red kind of food that I can kind of stand. Like I hate capsicum. Really, oh. I'm not a big fan of strawberries. I'm a big redhead. I hate watermelon. <laughs> like what else is red? Chilies, tomatoes, tomatoes. No, I like ketchup, but that's it. Holy like, shit! Like I hate. Oh, mm. we're the opposite. I don't like. I mean, I'm learning to love greens, but when I was younger, oh I was God. all about the reds and not about the greens. Greens yeah, are I'm, my thing. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm a big red. Yeah. Big redhead? Yeah. I don't know what it is. Clip it's just like, because all, all those things have such different flavors about them too, but mm. it's just like, I don't know. Is it like if you were eating something that you normally enjoy, but it was red, would that make no, it worse? No, not at or? all. Like I like synthetic red stuff. It's yeah. not the color. It's yeah. just that it just so happens to be like... Most of the foods I dislike mm. are red. Yeah, I mean, you did even, if you think about this, your poison the other night was a cherry mojito. Oh. A cherry's red. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah? <laughs> this is <a> big questions <laughs> here. I feel like, because I like cherries and I like raspberries, but I feel like they're more like purpley pink. Yeah. 
Oh, what yeah, uh, like what color lolly do you go they? for? What color lolly? My favorite color lolly is lemon. Me too. What? Yeah, yep. Max. Couple of lemon heads over here. <laughs> Couple of lemons. Yeah. I might be orange, I think. Gross. You, neither of you have anything to say. <laughs> Fine. Well, let's move along. That's the recap. <laughs> orange is like lemon's ugly cousin. Agree. Excuse me. Agreed. It's like the boring cousin. I will not be ganged upon okay, like this. Okay, no, like lemon's like the hot older sibling and like <laughs> orange. Is Lemon is a really refined palette, you know? <laughs> what about purple? If there's a purple snake or something going on? P- grape. Yeah, yeah, synthetic grape is amazing. Mm. Yeah, agree. Okay. We can all agree on that. Let's yep. move along <laughs> as a unit, as a team. <laughs> Osha. Hey, we all like that guy. I'd pick him out of the lolly bag. How do you get blocked by Osh, baby? It's such a good theme song, Max. Um, Osha appears wearing a non-buller shirt. That blends right in with the water behind him. You freaked out about Yeah, this. I was trying to take photos of it because he looked like he was like kind of a floating head. Like he was the exact same, like the shirt was the exact same color as the water behind it's him. It's because he was being serious. It was down to business now. It's not fun and games. It's not about Buller anymore. It's about It's love. not about mm. Buller anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe it was like because we're getting to the end, like the rest of his body is, it, they've, they've given him a holiday. Like they only need his hologram floating head. <laughs> In my rich fiction of the Paradise Universe, Osha's body and head are separate, and they do separate hygiene. And his hair is separate from... A whole nother thing. Yeah. 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 Um, Well, Osha says that Paradise is all about second chances, so I guess why not give out a third chance to somebody with, quote, unfinished business? It's the ghost of Flo! (laughs) Or should I say, like, Can we talk about this? Because you were saying that Davey was going to come back, which you got wrong, which I don't want to dwell on. That's okay. It's Mm -hmm. okay to be wrong. I did like your um, sneaky little, uh, like, hey, some listener in a fan forum told me the wrong thing on last week's podcast. That was great. Uh Craftsman always blames the fan forum, (laughs) as they say. It's not my fucking fault. Someone lied to me. Anyway, uh, I said that Flo would be a much better comeback. Yeah. I mean, a more dramatic comeback than Davey anyway. Mm. Um, but I kind of wanted both of them to come back. It did seem really pointless. Yeah. 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 And Especially given how things turned out. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we'll probably get to how pointless and, and sad it was. But yes. I just want to say that I was right. <laughs> yeah. You were right. I was wrong. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, Flo's back, which means we get Jake... Being very squinty and mumbly, he's no, just kidding. having a no, rotten Jesus. time about it. Um, <laughs> um, Flo says, "I left Paradise crying, but I'm coming back on top." And like generally, I am here for Flo coming back for revenge, particularly on fuckboys like Jake. I'm like, all right, let's let it rip. Um, although it doesn't turn out exactly the way that I would have necessarily hoped. Mm. Um, and also, like, given the amount of screen time she's already had, I don't know how many people were, like, desperately clamoring her f- for her for her to come back on, you know? Mm. Um, there are other people who have had less time, not to say Sasha from Russia again, but, like, she really got fucked over, right? Yeah. Mm. Just not as palatable for the viewing audience, I guess, or something. Well, they love the drama, and there's no drama with Sasha from Russia coming back. Yeah, because she's just, like, a sick legend. It's true. Yeah. Well, 
Jake makes the world's weakest attempt to put a good foot forward with Flo, mumbling, <laughs> mumbling hello in her direction in a big group sort of setting. Uh, and then he immediately feels too awkward and leaves to go get a drink. <laughs> it's my and Jake bias And he takes his showing. boys with him. That's right. Yeah, he's like, well, this, blah, blah, this is too much. I'm going to over here have a drink. Um, Flo says she wants to leave the drama in the past. And Tara observes that she's in a much better headspace this time around. However, the editors have decided to stitch together every single time she mentions Jake's name to make her look like she's still thinking about him. Are we going to say that they've edited it since the very beginning of the show? I mean, I would be shocked, particularly because we get this montage of her, like, I guess she's being asked questions about him all day anyway. Yeah. But it, it boils down. If you haven't seen the clip, it's on it's online. But it boils down to her literally just saying, Jake, 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 Jake. Like On her Instagram account as well, on her story, she mm. criticizes the editing of this show. Well, this episode too, which I I was criticizing it when I was watching it because yeah. it was just not fair yeah. to her at all. It's like a small token of goodwill to bring her back, but then also they completely ruined it by being very cruel to her, yeah. making her seem very bad. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. That Jake, 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 that thing, I'm sure was cut from the entire series. Not a fan. Max? Yeah, look, I am unhappy that Florence was treated this way in The Return, I think that her return was a device that they used to maybe manufacture drama. She looked at it as a chance to come back and maybe find love and also a little bit of redemption on the television because realistically the last time that we saw her, she was crying because that man named Jake had like played her pretty yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I think that she was looking to do a lot of recovery and character redemption and what they were looking for was a woman scorned. Mm. Yeah, and a chance to rub it in. Their fucking favorite narrative. True, yeah. It's a great narrative. Like, how good is it when you scorn some women? You know? I love love scorn. Uh, As a scorned woman. Freak on a leash. As a scorned scorned mother. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. All right, we'll get back to that, I guess, because we're talking about Rachel and Thomas. They return from their date. And in Rachel's oh, words, quote, all, yeah, in Rachel's words, quote, all of a sudden, I'm not keen on Jared and I'm happy to give my time to Thomas. And I don't know, Amja, he's not a baby about it. He's like, I'm not sure where that puts me or where I'll get my rose from. But he's not like, ah! <laughs> I'm storming <laughs> off, Cyclone Jared, checking handles, into the station. He handles everything so well and he's just... I think he's the perfect type of person for this well that I like to see on this like whole franchise, I yeah. guess. Because like he's not it doesn't get to him in a way that I think that he's getting emotionally abused. Mm. I think he's mm. just got that perfect type of um like sensibility to mm. be able to handle these shows and maybe have something good come out of it in the end. I know that this is what the third time mm. he's trying, but I don't know. He's the type of person that I like to see on reality TV because I don't think he ever truly becomes unhinged. I yeah. don't like to watch people become unhinged. Like, he can roll with the punches. He rolls with the punches and he seems just so genuine and he seems to also like care about other people. Yeah. He's a very measured foil, um, which mm. I really like. So he responds to everything in a way that is like quite congenial. And then also he kind of is an everyman that you can relate to. So if you're watching yeah. this show, you project that you would react in the same way that Jared reacts. And I like yeah. that. 
He's Miss Congeniality, <laughs> for sure, of the island. True. Um, and at this point, a date card arrives, and it's for Tara. Um, she invites Sam, who says yes, and they kiss. Uh, and in the moment interview, she says, I hope there's cheese. Love Which that. is very relatable, but also there is no cheese on this date. Sorry, Tara. <laughs> okay, so I don't want to be the, I definitely told you so, but don't you think that the only reason they would give Tara a date card now is to set up the story of their romance mm. so we really, really care about the engagement that they're definitely going to have at the end of the series. I mean, I didn't see him giving one to Grant and Allie at this point. I'm, I'm saying no. that. Okay, so there was some information come to light. What? Last what? night. You told me about it, Kelly. Oh, yeah. You what? told me the information that... uh, pertaining to Grant and Allie, and I think that we should talk about it now. We should get it out of the way so that I can just be wrong. Well, yeah. I mean, there's still a chance that maybe Grant might propose and Allie says no. That could happen. That's the thing, because we've been promised a, pro- a proposal, not an engagement. And I mean, it still could be, God help us, Megan and Jared. And it could be. <laughs> Wait, Megan uh, and Jared? I mean, ah! it could be. <laughs> Megan and Jake, um, because there has been lots of paparazzi shots of them out still mm-hmm. together. It does, uh, I mean, all signs point to them. Still. I thought it was going to be Kira Jared going in. Now I'm like, mm, that's like Kira my third and or Jared, I mean, like they just announced that they were boyfriend and girlfriend where yeah. we've got Ali and Grant. Um, we're, we're getting shown them talking about forever mm. and we're to- getting Sam and Tara talking about forever. I feel like it's got to be either Ali and Grant or um, Sam and Tara. Mm. Agreed. But Ali and Grant have not posted a single photo of each other on their Instagram, nor do they follow each other on Instagram anymore. Ooh, yeah. Like, that is a big thing. Yeah. Did they ever? No. Is there any way of confirming that? No. Oh. I'm, like, I've never seen... Like, and going, I mean, unless they deleted it and I missed it really briefly, but like, it just, there's just not one photo. And I mean, a lot of Ali's captions have been really, I mean, it's not necessarily about finding romantic love. It's finding the love within yourself. That's, I think, what Ali's like theme has been. Right. Yeah. Um, And about like. There was something about growing your own grass instead of, you know, comparing it to yeah, other people's right and things like 20, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's why I think that maybe it's Sam and Tara and also them putting this, like, it's the last date. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Quick moment of, uh, a moment of appreciation for Kelly being on the podcast also because there is no way that I would look into their Instagrams. There's no way that I would read into people's captions. I am so glad that we have you to do this because I feel I like you're a more learned podcast as I a result. I have no life and I'm a social media queen. Mm. <laughs> um, well, back to this like Eden and Alora stuff. Um, Actually, oh, before, yeah. can I interrupt you on that though? Uh, just on that, I uh, had recently been talking to someone about the podcast and why we do it. Mm. And I was saying that... For uh, money. That's the main reason. (laughs) That is actually really great because I have a lot of time off when I'm not, you know, obviously on tour or away. Uh, And I watch, even before the podcast, insane amounts of reality TV. And finally, it feels like I have somewhere to channel it. It's productive and like we're building a little community about it. And I I mean, that was the beginnings of this podcast. Totally. um, Yeah. Yeah. I think all of us are a bit like that. So I don't know. just, Just to reach out to anyone who's listening to like... Feel free to engage in this little community we're building. Please, yeah. Because, I mean, we're already bringing in people who are, like, listening to the podcast, like, asking questions. Mm. Um, Even if you don't want to engage online, just, like, 
talk to us in person because mm-hmm. I will talk to you for hours about reality TV. It's true. I get caught having conversations with people. Like, after we record a podcast for two hours, I'll then go to somebody's house and be like, so here's what we talked about. Here's everything that happened. And we'll just go. Well, go last night um, when we were having the technical difficulties, we mm. talked about the podcast for about a half an hour. Yeah. Oh, sorry, talked about the TV show for about half an hour anyway about people's Instagram posts and, and life off the island, if yeah. you will, which is like still as interesting. I just get so invested in these people and it's so good to have somewhere to channel We're it. a bunch of freaks, aren't we? <laughs> no, no, we're tapping into the thing that makes us all human. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow, that's a good spin on it. I like that. Sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. Um, Eden and Alora, they both give very different answers to producers asking them to define their relationship dynamic. Um, they're, you know, like Eden thinks they're going to be a couple. Alora thinks they're just friends. This is a lesson on why it's so important to communicate with your loved ones directly rather than just talking to the reality TV crew who are following you <laughs> around all the time. Like, that's something that I've taken into my personal life. Um, but they finally have a chat together. Alora asks how he's doing, and Eden says, I'm having a great time with you, because obviously I care about you. Um, I just want you to know that I'm batting for you, etc. Like, it's pretty, it's over the top. Alora's like, I'm just a little bit worried because I hear that you think you and I could be together. We're having an awesome friendship, but for me, it's not romantically involved. And Eden doesn't take it super well. Uh, Alora says, I don't want to hurt you. And he replies, like I'm a little puppy that can't handle myself. I'm sick of that shit, to be honest. I'm a man that makes decisions. Eden, this is... <laughs> Don't you know that only men can make decisions? Well, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I love, like... I love Eden so much, but he just keeps disappointing me in this mm. way. And I feel like, do you know in The Simpsons when Mr. Burns is like... Or Homer, sorry. Homer is like... Uh, looking at uh, his barbecued pig, like flies away, and he's like, "It's just a little airborne. It's still good. It's just a little wet. Like it's still good." Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm like. Oh, he's just he's just a little probo. It's still yeah. good. He's just a little hurt. It's still good. That's what I'm like with Aiden. And then he lost. Like he he really lost me in this conversation. Yeah. Well, yeah, it could it could still be editing. Like they they're making it, him seem pretty yucky. And also, yeah. I feel like they're not making Alora seem that great here. That's either. true. No. Uh, But yeah, all of a sudden, Eden says, I can see there's nothing for me here in paradise. My time in paradise has come to an end. I wish her the best with Apollo. I hope she doesn't ruin him, which is an odd... (laughs) I had to watch that again to make sure that's what he said. It's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Mm, I really... I felt for Eden in this. As much as, yes, the way that he responded was problematic, the... Mm. um, I don't know. I just couldn't help but think, like, I've been that person, haven't you? Where, like... You're invested in someone and you know it's probably not going to happen and then Mm. they tell you that it's definitely not going to happen and you're like, maybe it'll still happen and then it definitely isn't going to happen. Yeah. I can't relate to that at all. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly. (laughs) That's very funny Um, (laughs) and sad for me. Yeah, Um, I don't know what you're talking about, Max. (laughs) I I love Eden and I find myself making lots of excuses for him, but like I do think that he can be probo at times, but sometimes this is just part of like toxic masculinity and like Mm. a lot of what he says is him obviously being a product of toxic masculinity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like him like needing to be not be hurt because he's a man or like Yeah, and like the culture reinforces that. And like all this sort of thing that he says. It is that culture. A culture that's like very happening on that island about mm. yeah i mean like we're essentially dividing the genders and pitting them against each other while yeah. also expecting them to hook up like all this toxic like shit is going to be there um 
So I don't know. I I I still love it. Oh, I don't know. He mm. loses me, and then I don't know. Yeah. He, he's, he, he could be redeemed. I think he's got really good intentions. Yeah. I think... I think he has a lot of good qualities. Yeah, he's got a good mm. sense of humour. Mm. Um, I don't know. Well, then in... It's just, it yeah, it's a hard. hard one. When you get put in that situation, like... Uh, uh, but, you know, you're also... There's an element of entitlement and like I deserve this, which shouldn't shouldn't mm. exist either. Well, in his in the moment, he says, "I'm just going to leave. No goodbyes. I'm ready to go out into the real world and find that intimacy that I need." Uh, and he's gone. Bye, Bye Pizzy. Anyway, um, Tara and Sam go on their date, um, and they're going to do what. Uh, some of what Tara calls, quote, some kind of Bollywood-style dancing. Um, and there are a dozen odd dancers there to help them learn a few moves. Can I just um, say, sorry to interrupt you, the name is Bula Hooping. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave that. Um, <laughs> I need you guys to recap this date while I get ready. I'm going to be like five minutes. Don't even stress. Just okay. talk amongst yourselves. All right. I'm, just, oh, I'm a bit pressed for time, so I'm just going to... Um, Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, this is not an area of expertise for me necessarily. Like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what the intersection of like Fijian culture and Bollywood dance is. I'm a little concerned about talking about it. Like, whether there is one, whether there. Oh yeah, to be there's one. a lot of um, people who come from India who uh, live in Fiji and are around on that island. There's a significant Indian Indian culture in Fiji. Right. Okay. So it's not. Yeah. I, I was like worried. Like, is this. Well, anyway, yeah, that seems fine then. Um, and yeah, I, it's okay. And I think, like, to their credit, Sam and Tara do their best to participate in a respectful way um, whilst still having a lot of fun. I think they generally handle themselves quite well. They're not making fun of it. They're having a fun time doing it. Yeah, um, agree. I think this was respectful and fun. Yeah, and they, like, they acknowledge that they look like, quote, absolute morons next to the professional instructors. And you can tell they're just really relishing the chance to have fun together. Um, Tara tells the camera, Sammy's the guy of my dreams. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's great. Um, meanwhile, Elora has to break it to the group that Eden has taken off. And she recounts their conversation saying, quote, he wants me to find someone and he doesn't want to see me struggle anymore. And then Kira cuts in and says, is this about you or Eden? I'm confused while laughing at her. I love this. Now, I wanted to get your read on this because I felt kind of the opposite way. I thought Kira was being quite rude considering the the brief conversation that we saw Eden have with Elora. It feels like yeah. he was kind of just talking about Elora for most of that. I so here is like what I thought. I think that they had uh, a disagreement and then as a result of that Eden left. Eden is mm. someone who I guess was well loved on the island, and even though there was that tiff between he and Alora in a, in a prior episode, what was confronting and weird about this to me was that Alora couldn't just come out and say, "Hey, I told him that we weren't going to be together, and he left," because mm. that is like, um, look, it it became about her trying to control the narrative. And I guess the producers yeah. wrangling control back from her mm. by including all of this stuff. So, and it is like it's odd that like Eden left because 
he wants me, he can't look at me not succeeding is such a um I don't know to me it felt like a really mm, selfish kind of statement like it it felt like she was missing the point of mm. uh, why Eden left full stop or she was knowingly understanding that Eden left because they had a disagreement and she wanted to save face in front of both the the TV cameras and the other people. And it felt like the producers were like, "Uh, no, we see see through this. And Kira also was like, "Eh, no. So, yeah, I wasn't an Allura fan for uh, in this moment. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I I think that there's... I wasn't like a fan of the fact that she did it, so to... Like, in in any particular way. It was just more like I felt watching it that she was kind of just disclosing all the information that she had to give from that conversation but yeah i don't don't know and it could be editing as well like we don't know how much of yeah well Um, it's hard to like edit out what akira's interruption do you know what i mean like and that was the that was the tip-off for me yeah that she was like the kira was like interrupted right away and was like, hey, is this about you or is this about Eden? Mm. Like, that's the that's the part that you can't edit around and it sort of uh, forced the producer's hand in terms of the angle that was taken with the edit. Yeah, but then they also have this in the moment where Kira says, I've never met a more self-absorbed, selfish person in my life, which is like, maybe that's a bit overkill. I mean, I hate the girl hate, mm. uh, but yeah. this was a very similar thing that the girls were saying from Maddie J's season about Allura too. So mm. I don't know if this is like the editors being consistent, trying to like create her. We've talked about this before, trying to turn her into this person that she just isn't, mm. or if this is like a bit of her personality. Mm. Yeah. She needs to come on the podcast. We need to find we out what she's to, really We need like. to find out. Although, you know what? She'd probably just bloody talk about herself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no room for that because that's what... We do. Exactly. (laughs) Our lives are much too interesting. (laughs) Um, But back on Tara and Sam's date, Um, they sit at a batchy couch and he says, look at you. You're stunning. You're beautiful. I think there are probably a hundred moments a day when I feel more comfortable with you and at peace. And then he says, babe. And he takes a big sip of champagne. I wonder if this is just a clip of him being asked what his favorite movie is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we were watching this episode together mm. And we freaked out as if the engagement Was going to be right then Yeah, you it thought was, it was, it was well, about to happen Yeah, it was very tense We were like, mm. what? When you, you could feel, I don't know Yeah, something was build, about to happen Something was about to happen Yeah, yeah. Um, He says, we would agree that things are progressing a lot More progress I wonder, are they fucking <laughs> <laughs> If that's what we're taking that as code for um, Tara says I'm so excited for what comes after this. You're not just somebody I'm romantically connected to. You're my best friend. I can't imagine me not being with you. I got teary-eyed. She says you're my best friend here, and I think that's an important thing to Oh, true. Okay, yeah. Um, I got so so teary-eyed. Yeah. I might cry right now. really lovely. Um, I just love seeing Tara be happy because she is a character that we all really love. Well, not just a character, a person that Mm. we all really got behind in her season of The Bachelor and where we had really high hopes for her. Mm. And considering how some of the other people that we had really high hopes for, their time on the island was really garbage. Yeah. It's really nice to have this success. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. She feels like our Tara. She She is is our our Tarsie. Aww. Um... Sam, so- uh, oh, sorry, go on. Ah! Uh, can I, I, I have some Tara chat uh, just for a second. Mm-hmm. Oh. My housemate, uh, Nick Gerber, went to high school with Tara and did his year 12 drama presentation with her. No! 
Get yeah. on what is the a podcast. year twelve drama presentation exactly? So uh, you do like your year twelve. I don't know. You Group study drama, and then your final assessment is a performance. Yeah, it's a right. I did one of those too. I was yeah, hoping same. it was the same thing. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he did that with her. I don't know what they did. I've got to, I've got to follow up. And There's got to be video floating around somewhere, right? Amazing. Uh, did video exist in 2008? No, that's true. They hadn't thought of it yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So he said that Tara is an absolute legend and like can confirm in real life. She's the best. Fuck yeah. So we have actual genuine human confirmation from an actual genuine nice human that Tara's sick. Hell that's yeah. Great. Well, Sam says, quote, you've made this experience real for me. You accept me for who I am, and I see a future. I've fallen in love. I love you. And then she says, I love you, Sammy, and they kiss. And it's very good. Thank you. Tara says in In The Moment, I'm <laughs> I'm very in love with Sam. And Sam in In The Moment says, loving Tara is like breathing. I feel like I could love Tara for the rest of my life. It's pretty cute, guys. It's cute, and it doesn't feel like I would die for her. Yeah. True. There's a fine line, I think, and this is on the right side of it. Yeah, this is uh, this is pro-life, and the other was a bit more morbid. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm taking a stance on that, Max. <laughs> um. Anywho, <laughs> Jake. Oh boy, we have to talk about this. Jake wants to make it clear to Megan that despite the reappearance of Flo, he's committed to making a relationship work with her. So they sit on some steps. Jake's wearing a fedora at nighttime. Oh. I guess maybe just for the look. <laughs> um, and they, they check Is it, it Jared's fedora from earlier in the season? You know, maybe it is. I didn't think of that, but I think it might be. Um, they check in with each other, um, which is good. <laughs> like, honestly, this is better than I'm giving Jake credit for. Yeah, uh, it's good. Megan says she's feeling a bit withdrawn and finding it hard to talk about her feelings. Um, I actually really like that line. That stood out to me because it, it is such an exhausting prospect to me of like sitting in front of cameras all day, every day, and just talking about your deepest, most innermost feelings about stuff. Yes. And they rarely say like the emotional labor of this situation is getting to me, which I think is what she's getting at. Um, but Jake interrupts Megan doing it in the moment uh, to tell her he's about to go and talk to Flo to straighten things out. There's this bad Frankenbite clip of Jake supposedly saying, quote, I really needed to nip it in the bud before Florence can ruin our relationship. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what he's really saying there, but... It's actually um, Frankenbite's monster. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenbite was the doctor. Yeah. <laughs> then there's... <laughs> This voiceover uh, of Flo, really um, he says, I just want to know why he said everything he said and why he put in such effort to convince me that he deserved another chance and then he moved on so quickly when Megan showed up. That sounds like a sociopath to me and if he will try to mess with me again, then I can guarantee he's messing with the wrong effing person. I'm like, go off, Flo! Yes. Fuck yes! I think we need somebody to do this like on every season, right? Yeah. Someone who's just really good at... like." getting righteously upset and like she's so good at expressing in a limited amount of time like what it is that's unjust about this situation yeah it was great yes um let's talk about sociopaths oh true is uh, that a sociopathic behavior i don't know i don't know i don't know either i don't know enough about but isn't that that's like a real uh clinical term right yeah. Sociopathy. Yeah. So uh, he's probably not qualified to be saying that either. Maybe I could <laughs> Google uh, 
We simply don't have time. Okay, my phone's very slow. Keep talking amongst yourselves. Um, She confronts him on using her to get a rose just so that he could wait for Megan to rock up and spend time with her or something. It is a little bit hard to follow, but... Uh, yeah, I, I'm here for Flo or anyone like furiously yelling at Jake and not letting him speak. <laughs> That's just what I'm about at this point. Jake says, quote, what happened with Megan and I happened and it's been and I'd be lying if I said and I don't want to say this to her, but like it's like there is something's happened from that. So <laughs> Jake's really doing a good job of expressing himself as well. <laughs> okay, so like obviously... You can see a- why they got along. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not a Frankenbite, by the way. That's literally just him talking. That's the person that they cast to be on the TV show. <laughs> Kelly, I'm sorry. You started no, talking. No, it's all right. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Am I being a sociopath right now? You're being a uh, sociopath. I mean, like, it's a medical... If we're talking about... So it's like it's a medical diagnosis. So yeah. no one can, like... You can't get on Paradise Island. Paradise Island? <laughs> Love Park Island, Island. Yeah. <laughs> and be like you're a sociopath, <laughs> and it to hold any sort of sure. worth or yeah. weight. Um, but I guess like the things that they say uh, a sociopath does is like doesn't follow like rules, uh, doesn't care about the consequence of actions, grows bored very easily, impulsivity, uh, not concerned for the present. Oh, sorry, only concerned for the present, not the future. Mm. Careless, reckless behavior, unpredictable, unreliable, acts immorally, um, acts as though everything's a game. Which I guess that that coinc- that that is what Flo is saying that he didn't mm. think about the consequences of his action. Was only thinking about I guess himself. So, yeah. Like, would lie to to get that immediate like yeah it doesn't response sound like in the present. It and doesn't sound like not- it's completely out of line for her. No, to say that. no, yeah. yeah. That's um, true. It also is also like we see Jake uh, in his defense thinking about the future in this very episode. Yeah. Uh, in the way that he's talking about his relationship with Megan and how Flo is potentially, even though it is Frank and Mike, going to affect that. Mm. As much as I hate Jake, his rela- relationship with Megan seems a lot better than what was going on with Flo. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, they're having honest communication with each other um they're making sacrifices for each other they seem very intimate and close Mm. like he does seem to be thinking about the future now but i think that what flo was saying um how he was like to her it wasn't nice and it wasn't Mm. okay yeah well eventually jake says he's sorry uh, he can't take it back, but he's happy that Flo's back in paradise just to have fun. She's like, that's why I'm here. Uh, she says, I don't hate you, but I don't like you very much either. Love it. Which is really good. And Jake says, you let me know when we can be friends again. And they hug. So it's like a nice bit of it was nice. resolution. Yeah. Mm. Um, Osher walks in in a buller shirt this time. He's back. Head and body reattached. Uh, And he tells the group that no one else will be joining the cast at this point. So they'll have to make the most of the people already there. So Leah, looking around, she says she's flat out of options and she's going to pack her bags and leave Paradise to the happy couples. They still give her villain music for everything she does. (laughs) Like, she changes into her last remaining rose ceremony dress and, like, bids quite a diplomatic farewell to the rest of the group and it's like bum 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 <laughs> like <laughs> Leah says uh, we all know you've got to kiss a few frogs to find the prince turns out there's just lots of frogs in paradise cut to the scene of frogs <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it was actually cane toads. Usher uh, oh, yeah. cr- uh, fixed that in If uh, you had in post. theme <laughs> yeah. music playing when you did everything in your life, what would it be? <laughs> uh, Mine would be the baby elephant walk. It's <laughs> oh. <laughs> really good. Uh, theme music for me. Oh, it'd have to be like... Uh, <laughs> I always imagine... Um, this is something I think about a lot. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm just doing anything, the bass riff of like California Uber Alice, um, cause, you know, the doona doona doona. Can we do a clip of that? In the <laughs> or will we get sued? We'll get in a lot of trouble. A little bit reckless, uh-huh. maybe a little bit bad, <laughs> but <laughs> catchy. Yeah, maybe a little bit <laughs> Mine is, bad. Mine's bad to the bone. <laughs> <laughs> is yours blocked by Osh? Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> Hit it, Xavi. <laughs> All right. How are we doing on time? Do we? What were we going to do in between? Oh, apple cider vinegar tips. Okay. Uh, mm, I don't know. I, th- I thought I told you. you, you <laughs> I thought I told you already. <laughs> I told you, Eilish. Eilish. Uh, uh, it's, I mean, it's fermented. Mm-hmm. It's got good bacteria in it. So it's very good for lots of parts of the body. It's so good for lots of parts of the body parts of the body but i put a cap of it in my drink bottle every day mm-hmm. so i drink it mm-hmm. every day um, you bathe in it sometimes i bathe in it sometimes i put it in my hair and i use it as well to wash my face at mm. the end of the day always diluted because it is kind of like um it's strong. stingy and strong and yeah. i i don't think you're you're supposed to drink it like straight um mm. i can burn you a little bit i think if you put it like directly on your skin right um, it's got heaps of uses. Like if you just Google it, um, a lot of the research is proven as well. It's not one of those like crazy mm. fads. Mm. Um, but I swear by it. Like I used to get sick all the time and then I've been drinking like a cup of apple cider vinegar and I just don't seem to get like the flu anymore. Mm. So I yeah. don't know. That's my apple, apple cider. cider. There is that great I Kelso song mind. about it too. Oh, which one? Apple cider vinegar, I don't mind. Oh. <laughs> it's not a Kelso song, it's a modern baseball song. Mm. We should cover it. Um, what was the other question by Alish? <laughs> oh, uh, there are four episodes a week. Why do we think, do we want to check I back don't in? Know. I don't know. Because now, like, there were two episodes this week, I guess, because of the Anzac Day public holiday, and I guess we're just finishing anyway. Do you think that they maybe needed to, like, um, I don't know, get us more invested in the stories? Like, maybe watching it. Twice a week Like Mm. we're forgetting Important narratives Or I don't know I've had so many messages From people being like I was trying to keep up With the show But at this point I've just fallen off Idiots Because Well yeah Try harder Well they've got a great podcast What do you you got a job? (laughs) (laughs) Um yeah. It's okay. So I have some thoughts on this. Okay. Mm. I think that um, part of it is was to compete with the Commonwealth Games mm. because uh, yeah. if you have this sports audience um, and you have an audience that doesn't care about sport, they care about the Bachelor. Um, it's like an A to B comparison of yeah, we should put this on four nights a week while the Commonwealth Games. Good is happening. call. And that's exactly what happened. So I think that that was part of it. And then uh, the other part of it is that they obviously have to fit to a tight schedule because. MasterChef is coming soon. Yes. And all of the other programming that they have. So there's like a set amount, there's a set window for this show to air in. And in addition to it being advantageous to keep up with the narrative and to like stay involved with the story if you're watching it four nights a week in the same way as if you're binge watching a TV series at home, it all fits in a neat block and it is a ratings winner for them against the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. I guess the question in my mind is like, were they always planning to do... 
like a bunch of two episode weeks and then a couple of four episode weeks and then a couple of two episode weeks or did they decide that on the fly because if they were always planning to do it then my theory that it is a personal attack on me and us <laughs> really really holds water because they could have fucking warned us <laughs> That's true. I'm You're really nervous because we're running out of time and we've still got a whole other episode to yes. recap. Should what, what would you like to do? Do you want to leave partway through? Like, should I go now and then you guys just do the next ep? Sure. Is I mean, I'm okay? happy to. I'm we'll so sorry. No, I don't know okay. if I've got anything to say about the next ep. What happens? Just uh, so you can Franken-bite it in. Ugh. <laughs> uh, a lot can of people go home. Three Frank, can you just give us three Franken-bites, Kelly? What do you want me to say? I... I agree. I agree. That's sad. <laughs> That's so sad. Uh, what I liked also... about this episode. <laughs> Can you do one where it's like Xavier's my favorite co-host? Max Quinn is my favorite co-host. <laughs> Goodbye, listeners. I've got to go. Hey, good plug for that Kelso song, I've right? I've got to go. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Sorry. <clears throat> It's been a it's been a it's been a wild it's been a wild ride. <laughs> I didn't expect a troubleshoot again. Yeah, I know. Me neither. I didn't take me it into neither. okay. Okay, I love you both. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it's fine. Love you bye. Only you speak bye. warmly of me while I'm gone. <laughs> we will. The second you leave the room. <laughs> All right. Well, let's dive into a recap of Bachelor in Paris. Wait, Kelly's still here. Kelly, will you say the thing? Don't you dare get the Uber. Okay. Say it. <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise, Australia, Season 1, Episode 14. Thank you so much. I feel like you've really set us on a course for success now with this segment. (laughs) It starts really high and then it's going to plummet. Well, yeah, once you leave, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So checking in, um, Elora and Flo are the only single ladies left. And Amja is the only single boy. Oh, single ladies. Oh, single ladies. Oh, single ladies. Put your rose up. Put your rose up. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Are you leaving? That's the title of the podcast. I'm booking the Uber. That's (laughs) the title. All the single ladies, put your rose up. Apollo points out that while he likes Simone's fun and adventurous side, there are a lot of things that they don't have in common. And with just a few days left, he feels a little bit unsure. And Laura feels this des- disconnect and starts to think about making a move. Uh, meanwhile, Rachel is hoping that Thomas will start making a bit more of an effort with her. And it is like the Rachel Thomas thing. I think it is a bit odd for him to be doing anything other than that at this point, because there's not a lot of like just staying around to be on holiday to do at this point, or just staying True. around to be on TV at this point. We're down to business. Yeah. Like at this point, it's like, smooch or get the fuck off the pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, Osher enters Smooch or get the fuck off the pot Is a great episode title <laughs> Every word I say every, every sentence that comes out of my mouth Every breath you take mm. And every part you take <laughs> I'll be listening to you? Yeah, I think so, that's it mm. Yeah. Osher I'll enters I'll be blocking you Oh no Osher enters to let them know that because of the current numbers, it'll be the boys' choice again at the rose ceremony that night. So, cut to the cocktail party? Ten minutes into the episode? This yeah, is this is wild. Very odd. I'm like, uh-oh, something big is going to go down. I don't know if it does, but anyway. The structure's all out of whack. 
Um, Sam does a very loud and somewhat questionable Chris Rock impression when he greets Tara. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yes. I'm not going to imitate it because like, it's not something I want to record myself doing and broadcast to a lot of people, but good on you, Sam, I guess. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, Simone gets vulnerable in an in the moment where she says, quote, it's hard in here because I do have trust issues and I never think I'm good enough for somebody. Which is like, first I've heard about that yeah, from Simone. Me too. Although like if that's the real, if, if that's the root of some of this behavior, then I'll give her credit for that. Like that, yeah, that's hard sure. to struggle with. It's cool to own, own your stuff. Yeah. Um, Elora tells the group that she has a surprise for them. She knows that Apollo is good with fire sticks, and you might remember that she initially entered the Bachelor Mansion in a grand display of fire twirling. Yes. So she's organized some sticks for them to twirl. Um, Cool. Uh, Meanwhile, Flo cozies up with Amjar. Um, She says she thinks thinks he's smart, and he says, thank you. I think you're smart, too. I haven't really talked to you, but you seem smart. (laughs) It's like... So good. (laughs) It's very frank. Um, Amjar tries out a folksy American expression that he doesn't quite remember. Um, He says, he won't buy the milk if you give him the whole cow, which doesn't seem to ring a bell to flow. (laughs) Um, I really like this. Uh, She's like, try and explain it to me. I love phrases. Like, I'm not sure if English is her first language or not, but like... Uh, and also, I like, don't know either, yeah. she's just being very e- eager to please, I guess, generally at this point, because she really needs yes. a rose. But, like, I like the, <laughs> this little bit of cultural difference that's happening here. I love phrases. Don't you love phrases? <laughs> phrases? Yeah. Awesome. So good. Yeah. Um, phrases. Phrases A. Gorman is really good. Do you know who else is really good at phrases? Mm, who? Grants the Rapper. <laughs> It's a stretch. I was going to say, I really like... one of two jokes that I wrote down. Right. Was I, was the other one maybe like, I really like phrases, um, but but like the rest of the Cheers cast is probably uh, even, <laughs> even better. Um, a little bit stronger. Mm. Woody Harrelson. Sure. Come here. Um, oh, no, we've missed our opportunity for the Commonwealth Games joke. I figured that that might come up. So, um, are you ready for it? Hit me. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. It's weird that they didn't have any um, special sport-related events in Paradise while the Commonwealth Games were airing. They could have called it the Paralympics. <laughs> I like whoosh, that a lot. Whoosh, whoosh. Cut that back in. Yeah, Thank you. I will have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, cut to Elora and Apollo rubbing themselves down with oil, an extremely important part of fire twirling, naturally. Yeah. Nothing uh, more important when you're about to be really hot than to rub yourself in something flammable. That's right, yeah. Have you ever fire twirled, Max? No. You haven't? Because I have. No. Have you actually? Yeah, I did it on a family holiday um, probably getting close to 10 years ago now. Wow. Uh, I did not see this coming. Yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I, I had a friend who was like doing some circus performing or something, and she brought her fire twirling sticks on this holiday that like a couple of family and friends went to and it was really fun. There's like, uh, um, old and embarrassing photos of me being a 16 year old, uh, twirling fire. Um, I don't remember me and my parents oiling ourselves up quite this much, (laughs) but look, you know, I mean, Alora and Apollo, they're the professionals. I, I, you know, I was just a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. This is, um, it's not a spectator sport. Let me say that. Yeah. 
Um, so they start twirling the fire sticks. They catch the attention of the rest of the group. Simone says, I've got to go. Another great bit of promo for the new Kelso single, just saying. <laughs> um, and she says, I'm not strong enough to do this. She tells somebody off camera, I'm angry at him because he's too nice and he needs to man up. Um, That's, yeah, gross. Yeah, it's a little gross, although, like, I can see where she's coming from. It's not necessarily on him to say no to this or anything, but also, like, I've... I feel like I've been that frustrating person who doesn't say no to things in my life. Like, I can... Oh, me too. Like, too too nice to turn something down that may not be in, in everyone's best interest or whatever. Like, that's very realistic. Understood. Yes. Uh, I have been there also. Mm. Um, we're just so nice. That's our problem. Like, we're really just too good. <laughs> and also, the podcast is too good. That's true. Yeah. The podcast is great. Mm. It's... I don't know if it's I well should... It's well loved. Well, it's... I mean, it's... I gotta say, like, perfect. And, like, if you look at the iTunes reviews, like... We've, perfect and great. Yeah, yeah. like, five stars. Like, and better with Kelly. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, they, uh, Laura and Apollo entertain the group with some fire twirling, and they, I think they make a pretty good duo. Um, although it doesn't seem romantic at all to me. Um, they're not even really talking to each other. They're just kind of doing the thing and... Standing on the beach twirling fire, Tricks yeah. and... Yeah, they they finish up and they accidentally get a little bit of ash on each other's faces or whatever, and then they wipe it off. And in the least romantic wipe of all time, right? Exactly. And like, there's this super loud like villain music playing where it's made out that Alora is like coming onto him so hard and all this sort of stuff. It's it's like actually hard to make out what the dialogue is here because they're pushing so hard on this. But Alora says in uh, in voiceover, I think I have a chance at love with Apollo. It's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a stretch. Like, not that she doesn't, but just like from this, you know, it's it's yeah, not happening it, because it, of this. Yeah, this is not to be gleaned from, from this situation. Further, I don't think that Apollo necessarily has any interest in Alora or really any interest in Simone at this point. He certainly doesn't seem interested in pursuing a romantic thing with Alora while he hasn't sorted out the situation he's in with Simone. Yeah. And I think the Simone thing is such early days that he's just not putting a lot of eggs in that basket either. Good boy, Paul. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, that's that's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's smart and good. I was very happy to see him uh, act this way. He has done so well. Like, he has behaved so well. Out of everyone in the Bachelor, Bachelor franchise, mm. Apollo and Tara this season have been the absolute shining lights. Yeah. Not that that was not to be expected, but they have been so good. Yes, they've really delivered. Um, but Apollo finds out that Simone was upset by his fairly innocuous little fire-twirling excursion, and so he finds her for a chat. Um, <laughs> you went fire-twirling with another woman? Uh, it's an awful British accent. But... Was that Eden? Uh, no, was it that was supposed to be Simone. Deantwood? <laughs> <laughs> it was Deantwood. Yeah. Um, Simone says, you don't see it because you're so friendly, but she's pulling at you. She knows you like fire. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, she's organized it all for you because it's her last chance now. And like, as she's saying this quite dramatic stuff, it starts to rain, which is the opposite of fire. Interesting parallels. Um, mm. Despite all the like villain music and dramatics and stuff, there is... 
something quite real, I think, about the way that Simone says, everyone's together, you know? It would have been nice to chat because I'm sat there on my own and everyone's in couples and the guy I'm getting to know is being taken off at the cocktail party and I'm just sitting there alone. Like, when she says that, I can really understand her point of view here. For sure, yes. Uh, have you ever been at a party or something like this where you're just, like, surrounded by couples and you're the only single one? I don't necessarily have a situation in mind. I did want to talk about what Simone was doing here with Apollo, though, because it, it, it is apparent that he maybe wants to go off and talk to other people at the cocktail party or that he needs to address this situation with Laura because he has just been made aware of it with Simone and he feels a little bit like it feels like she's holding him hostage here it feels a little bit manipulative and I didn't mm. like it that's an interesting rate yeah I've I felt like she was being pretty genuine um yeah but yeah you're right I don't know I think that you can uh project personal experience also when you're watching this stuff onto it so truly maybe my situation is not that I have been uh the only single person, but maybe I've been the maybe I've been the Apollo in this situation. Maybe you've been the hot for ripped, one time in my uh, life, oily, yeah. <laughs> um, fire twirling magician. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I've been. Yeah, that does hot, sound ripped, like you. oily, fire twirling. All of those adjectives <laughs> are in my LinkedIn bio. <laughs> I'd hire that. Um, so Alora realizes that Apollo is not about to immediately ditch Simone to go for her. So in a last ditch attempt, she flocks to Amjar, hoping a rose from him will buy her a bit more time with Apollo down the line. I think it's a little late to be playing that card. Well, it's pretty see-through. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we cut to the rose ceremony and, uh, and these are the couples as they stand at this point. Grant picks Allie. I mean, most of them have been the same for the last few weeks. Graham picks Ali, Jared picks Kira, Sam picks Tara, Jake picks Megan, Thomas picks Rachel, and then we get to Amjar. And Amjar thinks for a moment before saying, I came into paradise... Sorry, I just burped. I came into paradise with the hope of finding love. What this rose represents to me is a potential future relationship after paradise. And I just don't think that I'm there. I don't think I love this. He does this so well. I don't think that I've made a strong enough romantic connection and I don't want to lead anybody on. So I've decided to not hand out my rose and I'm going to leave paradise. He puts Hell his, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a big stunt for him to do this in the middle of the rose ceremony. I'm sure like he was talking to a producer and saying like, look, I, I don't think I'm really there. Maybe I'm going to leave. And they were like, can you please save it for the rose ceremony? Because yes. it makes it so much more dramatic. There's so much stuff they can sprinkle into all the promos and stuff like that. Yeah, this is exactly what I was talking about as a piece of textbook Bachelor in Paradising. Because, yeah, it makes no sense that he would do it now. But thank God that he did because it adds so much dramatic tension to an episode that would have been lacking. Yeah. It's just, it's perfect. It's really good. I love it. And it also puts um, a, uh, it rains on the fire of uh, Florence and Laura, who are pretty shamelessly hitting on him just to continue uh, to see what their prospects yeah. would be like yeah. in paradise or to continue to be on the TV. Yes. Um, he puts his rose back on the little table and he starts saying his goodbyes. He hugs Kira, telling her, you need to go back to the other Jared now, which I think Love is that. very sweet. Um, so Osha removes his rose saying, quote, I'm afraid Jared's rose doesn't count anymore, which is so good for like promos and stuff. Like mm. the way that they use that was very fun. 
I also wanted to know a quick little clever bit of color grading. So in the promo, like coming up after the break, they show uh, Jared's shirt, but it is a bluer hue than his black shirt that he is wearing at the rose ceremony. So it makes it look like Thomas is the one whose oh. rose doesn't count because Thomas is wearing the blue shirt. But as it turns out, Jared, who's wearing the darker, closer to like a uh, a black shirt, mm is the one whose rose, in fact, doesn't count. It was a very, very cle- clever piece That's of really manipulation and editing. That's very yeah. subtle. I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, so now Apollo has to pick between Elora, Simone, and Flo. And he picks Simone. So it's goodbye to Elora and Flo. Uh, yeah, really glad we bothered to bring Flo back. Yeah, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, and she seems stoked too, saying, quote, coming back to paradise just for this to happen again is bullshit. I'm done here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting also to watch Apollo um, lean over Simone's shoulder as he picked her and whisper to Alora, I'm sorry. That's right. Um, yeah. Which, like, is probably just him being a nice dude. Yeah. Um, but you, you can you can also feel the... Uh, the breakup, even though it is not framed that way, you can feel the breakup coming. Yeah. At that point. Yep. Right? Um, yeah, and Apollo, I mean, you can tell he doesn't feel too good about it. Yeah. Well, we watch everybody leave the ceremony, and it's like, we haven't seen this part yet. There's still episode to go, you know? Like, what happens <laughs> afterwards? Apparently, they all just kind of walk quietly and don't look each other in the eyes because they're full of regret and weird feelings. Oh, I know what this is about. The cameras really usually aren't on uh, in this scenario. It's for the same reason that when Survivor, why don't I just marry it? Um, <laughs> they had the contestants head back from a tribal council to the like to their camp. Yeah, the cameras are on, but they're not really filming. Like it's not live TV, right? Yeah. Well, uh, Apollo feels rough about what's happened, saying it in the moment. Everything sort of feels like it's turned to shit. A producer asks him, are you okay? And he says no, as he begins to tear up and walks out of the shot. This is hard to watch. I just like him. Yeah, it's difficult because I think that he realizes what has to happen and also that he knows how damaging that could be for his brand if he does not do it the right way. And what he does is so smart and good. Yeah. Um, Simone and Apollo have a very serious chat. You can tell it's serious because it's really poorly lit. Apparently, that's a thing they do. <laughs> um, Apollo says he came to Paradise for, quote, a break from my life to just focus on building on relationships and trying to meet someone because uh, I don't get a chance normally. And S- Fair. Simone comforts him as he weeps a little bit more. Can you believe Paradise made him cry? Like, th- shame. Shame on this show. I know. I know. Um, but he stares out onto the horizon. It's very hot. This is maybe a hot, the hottest cry <laughs> of the season. <laughs> I think Luke had a very hot cry earlier. Um, sort of like a disappointed dad cry. Um, but this is a whole other league. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a really hot cry. Um, Simone tells him, this is just the start. I wanted to, like, obviously I want to continue things, but I was just going to say, like, let's just do it on the outside. And Apollo agrees, saying, quote, I think we should definitely take the time to hang on the outside and see if the things we have in common outweigh the things we don't. So diplomatic, so good, keep going. Yeah, he says, I definitely didn't find love here, but I found something that could definitely have potential in the outside world. So, and they kiss. 
it's so smart. Like, you don't have to break up with her off camera. They're clearly not together anymore, right? That's right, yeah. So they walk out as a couple. Simone says, I am so excited to be leaving hand-in-hand with Apollo. Yeah, after the show, Apollo and Simone tried to make it work, um, but it was long distance. Um, He's a Goldie boy, and she lives here (laughs) in Melbourne. Um, So, yeah, they eventually brought things to an end, meaning, yes, Apollo is single. Oh, interesting. I Yeah, I thought this was really good. Um, it felt pretty clear that Apollo wasn't necessarily invested, but that he liked her a bit. And let's see how it goes. Yeah. And rather than having to break someone's heart on camera and perhaps, I don't know, affect your chances of being a future bachelor, mm. this was really good. Yeah, exactly. And And neither of them were put through the sort of ringer of the final episode, which I think will be quite intense given the couples yeah. going into it. True. Um. Yeah, I think I think it's really well handled. Um, although the next morning, everyone starts wondering where they've gone because they didn't say goodbye to anybody. <laughs> but the answer is obvious, as Tara says, they are pff, gone because <laughs> he's a magician. So it's it, the final trick is making yourself he disappear. Them away. Um, it's like the end of uh, what's that movie? Well, it's like the end of any movie about a magician, I guess. The magician. That's the one, probably. Um, That's right. Mm-hmm. You know the movie The Magician. Sure, yeah, with all those characters and plot elements and oh, the actors. I mean, don't get me the started. The actors. Oh my god, the actors in The Magician. Yeah, oh. the way the director directed that movie, I thought was really like I'm so glad they did. Full credit to the producers uh, in The Magician as well. Like I had no idea what was passing in front of my eyes. Uh, the, like they yeah. really pulled a rabbit out of their hat. Mm-mm. Okay. Asher <laughs> um, uh, appears. Telling them now that the last rose ceremony is behind them, their relationships are about to be put to the test. It's time for an honest chat about the potential of these relationships. And if they don't see a future, they'll have to leave today. So, I mean, this is pretty artificial. It's just like another ultimatum. They can just throw as many as they want at this cast. Um, True. And they're like, well, we still have one or two more ad breaks that we want to air. So we're just going to have more (laughs) Bachelor in Paradise on TV. Um, but it's a good chance to sort of recap where everyone is. We cut to Jake and Megan kissing, then Allie telling Grant, I feel like we've already had that conversation. And then we cut to Rachel and Thomas, who just met a few days ago. Uh, and this is a, things come crashing down a little bit at this moment. Um, a camera ruthlessly follows Rachel as she uh, avoids showing her face because she's clearly crying as she's trying to walk out of shot. It's pretty rough. It's pretty gross. Things come crashing down, uh, like, and obviously they do. Thomas does this in a pretty diplomatic and good way. I think, like, he is like, look, I don't feel it with you. I'm not sure that there's anything here. Mm. And... Look, Rachel doesn't handle it, um, like, she doesn't take it well, but obviously she's on the TV and she's been reintroduced to the Bachelor franchise and she's gotten her heart broken on TV again and that Mm. must suck for her and there's a level of embarrassment, but there's also a level of, how do I put this, like, like personal inherent sadness Mm. that, yeah, you were looking for love and as she tells the producer in a really heartbreaking moment in just a, like, just a second... She's 33 and she wants that time to come and she it hasn't happened for her and people keep saying it'll happen, but it hasn't and that must be so frustrating. Yeah, I had a different read on this. This, this bit was one of my less less favorite parts of these two episodes. Sure, I didn't like what Thomas 
how Thomas handled this, and uh, I, yeah, I can understand. Yeah, well, uh, well, let's talk about well, it. What do you think of it? Well, Thomas feels like their date was great, but then, in my opinion, he's quite blunt when he tells her. Since then, we haven't really progressed. Progress again. Progressed. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I don't really see a future with us after Paradise. Now that bit is fine, but then in the moment he says, "To be honest, my romantic feelings with Rachel, I think, are non-existent at this point. It's hard to explain. Yeah. Her energy changed, and the way that she was handling herself and presenting herself, she just wasn't the girl I met on the date." Maybe I missed this. This was pretty bad. I don't like that. It feels blamey to me. Um, yeah. And I feel like. Maybe I'm putting too many feelings of like other relationships or you know like other experiences onto this, but like um, the 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 guy blaming the girl for her changing and that's why yeah, he lost interest. Like man is pretty gross. Yeah, I, I'm just not a fan of that. Um, that's true. I I guess I didn't think very very much about that. Um, that's that part of the narrative is not good. I think that the way that he handled it in the moment was pretty fine. Yeah, but yeah, the the you've changed is. Not great. Yeah. And then Rachel cries in and in the moment saying, obviously I came to paradise to find a relationship. I'm a bit sad that it hasn't worked. I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. And yeah, like you say, she tells a producer, I'm at the age where I feel like I should have already been married. And the producer remains silent and I'm like screaming at the TV (laughs) being like, Rachel, it's okay. Like, don't put this much pressure on yourself. Don't allow other people putting this pressure on you to like overwhelm you in this way. And I understand her feeling that way, but I'm also like, "Mm." the producers of this show are like really reinforcing this and like, they're really happy to be sharing this quite like damaging notion that a woman's worth like fades as she grows older and particularly at the age of 33 like there's plenty of time well let me tell you this um a trick of production that uh i use as a radio broadcaster is silence right when you are talking to someone and you want them to say something else you stay quiet and so i feel like this is that is exactly you're right in that what is being reinforced here is the like the the narrative and the the damaging idea that at 33 you're worthless but as a producer if you are quiet you are doing your job because they are encouraged to talk more are you there have i got you oh, i've lost you no i'm doing the thing oh wasn't that good it was good wasn't that you good got content? me you were like are you even alive I know. I didn't know what had happened. It was pretty suspenseful, mm. and as the audience will feel, um, keep it in. They won't I, be like, like, yeah, Xavier should have edited this part out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I understand why the producers do this. Obviously, like, it's it's probably like textbook, like one hundred and one. Um, don't don't talk over them and allow them to keep opening up. That's probably how they get so many of the good in the moment things and so many like of these confessions and that kind of thing. Um, but also it's just really rough because nobody else is there to come and comfort her. I think the it's moments true. that we like on the show are the ones where you see a bit more of that, like friendship, camaraderie, support, that kind of thing. And she's just not getting any of it at this point. Yeah. She's like alone in this reality hellscape. Um, Cabana. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, <laughs> reality hellscape yeah. cabana uh and like the last couple of minutes of this episode uh just her being really devastated and crying and nobody comforting her and it makes me feel sad me too uh it is a shame On the romance i really enjoyed show. the return of rachel yeah 
I like I enjoyed the return of Rachel. I think that she's a fun character who has lots of uh like it's worth exploring what else uh is to come for her and I, if she was interested I would be interested in watching her on this kind of franchise again because I think that she deserves uh to be treated frankly a little bit better. Yes, I agree with you. Um, she had a a rough deal as uh we'll save winners and losers for next episode but preview. Yeah. Rachel was one of the losers of Paradise yeah. for me, but not for the reason that she couldn't find love for the way that she was treated by the the edit and by uh I don't know, coming in so late. Yeah. So that's like the end of the recap and we look back what on the What a depressing end. Well, yeah, and also like when we look on at the I don't know, the death count <laughs> or whatever, like the Oh, yeah. Eden leaves, Leah leaves, Amjar leaves. Flo and Alora get eliminated, Simone and Apollo leave, Thomas leaves, and Rachel leaves. Like, we are, we've halved the cast, I think, at this point, right? We're at the, yeah, we're a skeleton crew in Paradise yes. at the moment. Um, but it should make for an interesting finale. Um, next week, like, I'm going from memory on what happens on US Bachelor, but I'm pretty sure everybody gets a date. And I think it's like, these are the biggest dates. They, I think in the promo, they called it a breathtaking fantasy date. <laughs> Um, yes, that's right. And we all bite our fingernails to the bone, waiting to see which one of these perfect couples are going to last <laughs> uh, and find out who makes a very big jewelry mistake on national TV. <laughs> uh, on our final Paradise episode, which will be coming in about a week. Okay, I'm excited to chat to you uh, about it then. I'm excited to see you this weekend. If anyone's coming to the Dadiri shows, what's up? Come and say hi to us. Hey. Talk to us about reality Max is TV. coming to Melbourne. And if you're in New I'll Zealand, go see Camp Cope. Yeah, that's true. They're good. They're particularly good, in fact. Yeah, remember when um, the bass player from their show used to be on our podcast? I remember that. That was a while ago. Yeah, those are the days. Yeah. All right, well, uh, is that going to do it for well, us? Well, look, I would like to take the time to say goodbye. Ah, um, uh, good. Yeah, yes, like you should a, take the time to say goodbye. I mean, of course, we, we did come here to make friends. Um, mm. So please uh, rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. We've been getting so many... I, like, I'm I'm blown away. Like, we've doubled, maybe even tripled our rates and uh, reviews and stuff on, on iTunes recently, and it's just phenomenal. We've been having a lot of success really from kind. it. really kind. Thank you. Um, if you haven't done that yet, we would really, really appreciate it. Um, and find us on socials at BOHpod or Bachelor of Hearts on Facebook. Uh, share the podcast with your friends, blah, blah, blah. Do all that good stuff. We love you. Thank you so, so much for listening. And, Thank uh, you. We love you. And please take care of yourselves and each other. Maxwell, thank you for joining me all the way through to the very end of the podcast. <laughs> and Kelly, if you're listening... What a role reversal. Mm. Oh, it's true, actually. Yeah, because on our first episode with Kelly, you died. I did die. You recall. Yes. Um, yeah, so now Kelly's dead and we'll miss her. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully next week, tune in to see whether or not she has been resurrected. Oh, true. Like Flo. Like flow and exactly tune like in to flow. Find She's out. gonna be like Zavy 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 Zavy. <laughs> tune in to find out if I can figure out what went wrong with the recording this time. And uh yeah. Thank you so much for listening again. We wish you all the very best. Bye. Bye.